Jumbo, everyone. Harambe. And welcome to another edition of the, the Magic, Magic Our Way, Way Podcast. Podcast. Hello, all you Mo Weekends out there. Welcome to the Magic Our Way Podcast. I am not Kevin. This is Danny taking over again. Kevin is still on hiatus, but we hope to have him back next week for our big Avengers review show. But joining me here today, I have the official travel agent of the Magic Our Way podcast and Dumbo's favorite passenger. Say hello, Lee. <laughs> How's it going? That's going all right, man. How you been? Oh, good, man. Good. Just uh, easy week this week. So wrapping it up and ready to settle in and talk Disney. So wheat. And also with us here today, returning again, the president of Ivory Comics and Jasmine's baby's daddy. Say hello, Eli. Hey, what's going on, Moeka Nation? How are those payments coming? Oh, slowly but surely. <laughs> She's worth it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we've got a great show that we've put together for you guys. And uh, we're going to start off first and foremost by, by letting you know, again, anything Magic Our Way related. Go to the MagicRWay.com website. You can find all our old shows there. You can leave us messages. You can check out a brand new store that Kevin put up for y'all to purchase merchandise if y'all are so inclined. We're not saying y'all need to, but hey, a little support's nice. Buy a shirt. I mean, buy two. Um, we have our Amazon link on there as well. So uh, please, if you get a chance, go to MagicRWay.com and check us out. Also, you can reach us at MagicRWay at gmail.com. Um, Lee, tell us about your fine agency. Hey, uh, you got a friend in Lee, an affiliate with Magical Moments Vacation, an earmarked an earmarked agency. You can reach me at 832-570-5490. You can email me at lee at mmvagent.com. And you can uh, catch up with me on Facebook at uh, facebook.com slash travel. That's L-A-S-T-O-V-I-C-A travel. And Eli, tell us about Ivory Comics, man. Oh, yeah. Uh, Ivory Comics is a self-publishing uh, company I'm behind. Uh, currently working on a book called Project Geisha, which has been nominated for, for a Glyph Award for uh, Best uh, Female Character. So hopefully uh, get that. You can find the uh, website on www.ivorycomics.com. Thank you. All right. And in honor of... Um being christened Moeekins, I think I got uh, Moeekin names for both of y'all. Oh, good. All I, right. I, I do. So, Sweet. Yeah. So I think Lee is going to be flies with Dumbo. <laughs> How do you All like right. that? Is that, is that I got, good? I like, I like it. I like it. And Eli, you can be sleeps like dead. Sleeps <laughs> like dead. <laughs> what do you think? Unless you, you got something better? Oh. Um, well, I can't say that is not Why? accurate. Uh, he who pays a lot of bills. <laughs> I got yeah, that's yeah. that's not that that's too long. Right? No, that that doesn't sound quite Moican enough. I, I I told Fish Sean Wu that his name, uh, his Moican name, although he is Chief Wu Wu, his Moican name should be Tinkers with Magic Band. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, that's what we should do. We should give all of our listeners Moican names, make them feel like more of a part of the tribe. I, I agree. You gotta you gotta start a movement and you gotta keep everybody included in it. So it's all one Moican family. And I, I I'll take that name you gave me. I kinda like it. It kinda has a a nice kind of dark vibe to it. 
Okay, well, I, maybe I'll call myself struggles with hosting. Struggles with, <laughs> struggles with hosting. What do you think? <laughs> but anyway, all right, enough of this jibber-jabber. Let's make some magic. All right, guys, first up on the queue, a rumor that's popped up over the last couple of days, Disney to potentially reacquire the theme park rights to Marvel. Apparently, there's something going on over at Universal, and there's it's looking like they're going to be shutting down the Incredible Hulk and Doctor Doom's Fearfall, and this has led to speculation that Disney and Universal are working on a deal in order to get the Marvel characters into their parks and out of Universal's. Personally, I don't think this is ever going to happen, but it struck my attention. What do y'all think? So they're shutting down the rides totally? Are they going to retheme them? or? Well, quoting from WDW News Today, what is expected to happen is that the Incredible Hulk coaster is going to get a, a, a complete new theme and that Doctor Doom's Fearfall is going to be simply removed. Hmm. Interesting. Man, that, that Hulk coaster is a monster, man. That's, that's a pretty nice ride. Yeah, it... Uh, it but I mean, if all the universe, if all the Marvel stuff leaves Universal, I mean, who do they pull in? They gotta have something, you know. They can't just be like Joe's coaster. <laughs> so, what? Well, well, I mean, what do they pull in if it's not Marvel? I mean, DC, I guess. Well, also, do they need Marvel's permission if they if they're gonna work up a new ride? Do they need to have Marvel's permission, which they're not gonna get <laughs> if Disney's the one behind Marvel? They're surely not going to get any permission to put any new rides in there, I wouldn't think. Yeah, well, uh, the the big key is is that um, quick summary history lesson, right? Uh, back in the day when Marvel was going bankrupt, they basically said all we have that's of value, besides the memory of the comic books, is the licenses to the characters. So they basically just pimped all of the licenses for every character out to whoever wanted it, right? So now that Disney has them, uh, this is probably like the same thing they did with um, Sony for the rights to Spider-Man to get, you know, Spider-Man back in the cinematic universe. So I think it's completely possible. It's just a matter of when the license is up on the ride. I, I think Disney is going to be forced to pay through the nose if they really want Marvel. And, and, and the way Universal is playing this, they're going to do it to a point to where, man, by the time they actually get something built, their universe is going to have run its course. <laughs> I hope they got a good meal plan over there at Universal if they do take the rides away. Cause... Well, but, I mean, you've been to that park. You and I went to Universal's... Um, theme Park Gap. Yeah. yeah, and that particular section isn't very well done. I, I agree. It's uh, like, it's so Six Flags. It really is. Yeah. The, oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, the Spider-Man ride was good for 3D, but um, there was, yeah, the Hulk ride, the, the roller coaster... Um, it just looked like a roller coaster that were really fast. Oh, yeah, they just, that's, they that's just slapped right. some cardboard in on, in front of something. <laughs> yeah, you, right. Yeah. yeah. The only thing they looked like they poured any money into whatsoever was a Spider-Man ride. And fine, you know, work out a deal where they can keep Spider-Man and let Disney pay for everything else. Because really, Disney isn't making any money off of Spider-Man anyway. But I just, you know, look, I don't think that's ever going to happen. Just because if Universal's smart, why would you allow them to have it? Well, you, 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 you jack up the price and, you know. Well, that's the thing. They're going to force them to pay for the retheming of that whole entire area. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you know, there's. I guess I'll wait till the next segment. But it, it, it could be done. I'm just saying if Sony had the rights to Spider-Man and Disney fought to get that, because it's going to make them a lot more money in the future. That's the way they look at it, I'm sure. And who goes to the rides at Universal anyway for that? 
Well, you know, I think you go to Universal these days for Harry Potter. <laughs> That's pretty much the, the... I mean, Universal's catching up. That whole Marvel section along with the... That little uh, Seuss landing and all. I, I got to imagine all that stuff is primed to be changed out. But what's always separated them from Disney, and I'm sure we're going to get into this a little bit later, is that the attractions isn't the only themed element of what you're going through. They have themed entire themed lands yeah. that immerse you in the experience. Whereas Marvel, it seems like you go from themed experience to themed experience without a whole lot in between. And uh, that whole area with just a bunch of cardboard cutouts really doesn't help make me feel like I'm in, you Marvel know, land or whatever. Ex- right. Yeah. I, it, it does nothing for me. So Although I, that might scare some kids if like Dr. Doom walked up to him like, hey, kid, you want a turkey leg? Yeah. <laughs> well, now, if they put, maybe that'll be the exchange. We'll give you the turkey leg. You give us the Avengers. <laughs> <laughs> the first Disney Marvel trade. There you go. You know, work it out. So piggybacking off of that story, uh, Marvel Store Superhero Headquarters is opening in downtown Disney. It it was scheduled to open May the 1st, but I saw a report that it's open as of today. So whereas they can't have the attractions or the characters in their parks, they can sell some Marvel merchandise, and that's what they're doing. So if you want to see the Avengers in Disney World, go to downtown Disney and check out Superhero Headquarters. Go spend your money. Hey guys, are y'all sick and tired of Tokyo Disneyland getting all the cool stuff while we sit there wondering when we're going to finally get a brand new state-of-the-art, no expense-spared attraction? Well then, bad news. Tokyo (laughs) Disney has announced that Tokyo Disney Seas is going to be getting a frozen-themed Nordic port of Arendelle, which will be a whole land, including castle, based upon the Frozen franchise and, of course, Norway. And in addition to that, the Oriental Land Company and their deep, deep, deep pockets are also going to be planning an expansion in Tokyo Disneyland of their Fantasyland, which will feature an all-new Miniland's theme to Beauty and the Beast and Alice in Wonderland. And the concept art looks great. Uh, their, Their Beauty and the Beast castle looks a lot bigger than ours, but you never know. Um, they do say here that uh, Tokyo Disney is promising original attractions and restaurants in line with these new developments. However, if you look at the concept art, uh, there is hope, guys. It does look like the concept art for Beauty and the Beast is simply the Beer Guest Restaurant, and the concept art for Alice in Wonderland is Alice's Curious Labyrinth that's currently going on over there in Paris. I've been to that. It's nice, um, but we're not really missing out on that much, but... That's what I see in looking at it. However, I'm sure there will be new experiences there. And, um, yeah, so the rich get richer. What do you guys think? I'm moving to Tokyo. Tell me about it, man. And you know what? And, and, and piggybacking off of that again, and who would have thought I would have used the word piggybacking twice <laughs> in one podcast? But he yes, who piggybacks. If you're not jealous enough, while we're paying over $100 a day to go to the Magic Kingdom... The price to go to Tokyo Disneyland couldn't be cheaper. Thanks to a weaker yen, visitors can now go to Tokyo's Disneyland or Disney Seas for just $58 a day, nearly half the cost of a U.S. ticket. Can I ask a question? Wow. Wow, indeed. Yeah, that's awesome. Go ahead, ask a question. Uh, So is Tokyo Disney bigger than the Disney that we have here in Orlando? The Disneyland in Tokyo is smaller than the Magic Kingdom. 
And it, it's, I think it's smaller than Disney, the Disneyland Park in Anaheim as well, although I don't know that it's smaller than Paris. Paris was pretty small. Mm. When I was there, I was, I was shocked at how small the Disneyland in Paris was. But they do say there's a lot of wide open spaces, which help make it feel bigger. I don't know. So, Lee, what do you think? Booking any trips to Tokyo Disney coming up? Uh, well, if anyone wants to go, give me a call. We'll book it up. Um, I want to go. I, I want to go to Tokyo anyway. But, uh, the, I mean, like you said, the, the art is, is incredible. I like the beast right there in the front just greeting everybody and bringing them into the castle. The price difference was – I didn't see that coming. That's a, a big difference. I mean, $58, you can't even go to Six Flags for $58. No kidding. Right. Isn't that something? Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Um, I was kind of reading some of the comments on the article itself, and um, I think everyone's still uh, a little uh, upset with the whole uh, Maelstrom thing. Uh, <laughs> I think they're they're not real happy with the, the Frozen taking over Maelstrom. At least if they're going to do Frozen, they want to do it big. Uh, but, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, here's my thing. This is the only thing I'll say. How much more – I know, I mean – Okay, I know that there's going to be another movie. How long can we milk Frozen? Oh, man. They're going to beat that <laughs> horse until they have to scrape it off the sidewalk and turn it into glue. I mean, th they've got something here. Uh, I'm not sure that they know what they've got, but they're not going to let it get away if they can. Um, we've already got. I, I really hope the next movie is as good as everyone thought the first one was. I saw the short. What did you think? I, I went and saw. Actually, I saw Cinderella. Lee, I saw Cinderella this uh, this oh, past weekend. Side note. Yes, yeah, side note. I saw Cinderella this past weekend, and you want to know what? That's Better how you. That's how you do a live action remake. There yeah, you go. Yeah. No problems with that movie whatsoever. No uh, taking of the material as you. No. Paraphrase. No, they did it exactly the right way. I'm not going to sit here and tell you it's one of the best movies I've ever seen, or that I'm going to own right. it on DVD yeah. when it comes out. But in terms of telling the story and doing it, doing it in a, in a good way, yeah, I enjoyed it. I, that was one where it's like, well done. I, if you can do a couple more of these, I'd be in. But there's not too many, There's not too much leeway you could do with Cinderella as opposed to Maleficent. You know, I mean, Cinderella is pretty much straightforward. You need the, you know, there's certain things you have to have to keep that uh, story in check. You know, you can't have like. Cinderella looking for golden Adidas, you know what I mean, or something like that. Um, oh no, no, you couldn't. But you could go ahead and do a, a story from the mouse's point of view if you wanted to, I suppose. I mean, you could actually, you know. Well, yeah, I mean, if you want to, if you want to go that route, you would do the uh, the stepsister's point of view is what you would do. Oh, there you go. That's true. Stepsister's point of view. That wouldn't be so bad. It'd be pretty easy though. That's like a Jerry Springer show, basically. You know? <laughs> They're like, go ahead, do this work, do this work. Isn't this great? We got this girl doing this work. Wait a minute. She's got a date. We don't have a date. This is terrible. And then, like, they try to go and take all the hair out, and then all the mice jump on them and scare them. There I, you should, go. I should write for that movie. Jeez, what am I doing? <laughs> Couldn't do worse than Maleficent. <laughs> I, I, I still got to watch that, and I'm afraid to. You really don't <laughs> have to. I, I'm absolving you from that responsibility. Whatever makes you think that you need to watch that. I'm absolving you from it. You know, uh, and you will thank me on your deathbed that you didn't waste <laughs> those two hours. I'm, look, I take your word for it. I, believe me, I I don't know what to think of, uh, about going to see that movie, but yeah. <laughs> All right, but moving back onto the topic itself, though, uh, 
Yeah, uh, Tokyo Disney, it, again, guys, it's the rich getting richer. I don't know what to say on this one. Uh, Tokyo Disney season, if there's any park that I would want to visit, that's it. There, there really isn't a whole lot in the way of doppelgangers that exist between Tokyo Disney Seas and Disneyland Paris, Disneyland Anaheim, Disney World, Florida. Tokyo Disney Seas is something completely unique, which I would love to go visit at some point. And now to see what they're doing at Magic Kingdom over there, wow. It's just what they're doing makes me want to cry. So congratulations, Tokyo Disneyland, and uh, go fuck yourself. <laughs> Go ahead, Lee. <laughs> Where are we at? <laughs> All right. Um, the in more Disney travel news, uh, free dining was released this week, and we're going to talk uh, in that about that in a little more detail in the hub. But uh, I will just say this: if you were lucky enough to get free dining, just go ahead and send your travel agent a tip, uh, bonus, whatever you want to call it, because it was. Uh, it was a challenge to get that uh, this first uh, this first day out. We'll we'll talk about it in more detail in the hub. But uh, it is released now, so if you've been waiting for free dining, go ahead and try to book something and see if you can get your dates to match up with what's available. The biggest chunk of the available dates is in September, August 28th through October 2nd, and then um, October 25th through October 31st, November 8th through November 19th, and December 15th through 21st. So. If you're looking to uh, get to Disney in that time frame, you could uh, qualify for free dining. So uh, give your friendly local travel agent a call or give me a call, and we'll, uh, we'll see if we can get you set up with the uh, package there. Yeah, and... I'm looking at you on the, uh, on the Skype there, Lee, and I'm noticing you're looking a little bit uh, grayer and a lot less fuller up top. Uh, looks like you lost a little hair over the weekend. <laughs> I might have pulled a few out. <laughs> <laughs> And that may be the reason why. There's but, not uh, a lot yeah. left, buddy. Leave it alone. <laughs> Leave it alone. That's the hats. <laughs> so uh, let's move on from free dining. We'll, we'll have a, a more uh, thorough discussion about that uh, in the hub. Okay, so let's temporarily move away from Disney free dining and Lee's hairline. And let's go over to guest services. B. Oh. Guest, be our guest, put our service to the test. Tie your napkin round your neck, Sherry, and we provide the rest. Soup du jour, hot or dry. All right, Lee, do you want to take it first? Yeah, um, let me start with this. Uh, if, if you guys have already listened to the last episode, then you know we did a Disney slash Marvel mashup, and um, hopefully you had your picks, and I had asked around on a couple different pages for if anyone wanted to share their picks and uh, Aaron wrote in and uh, I'm not going to go through everything of his, but I would like to kind of highlight some of the things that I thought he came up with that were pretty interesting that we didn't think of. Um, And uh, so with that being said, uh, here were a few that I thought he had a good, uh, an interesting perspective of Avengers. He pretty much uh, said everything we said, uh, nothing too chattering there. Uh, but on Guardians of the Galaxy, Gamora, he chose Kim Possible. Uh, that was kind of cool. And Rocket was Perry the Platypus. For Groot, he picked Dr. Draken. I don't know who that is. Um, he says, very likely only true Kim Possible fans will understand the connection to that and Groot. 
Is this and like the new My Little Pony Chris Kim Possible thing? Is that what's going on? Is here? he the villain? <laughs> is he the villain? Uh, of the, of so the... what? Doctor. Yeah, yeah, he's some kind of villain. And what he said was uh, the the tie-in to Doctor Draken and Groot was that uh, apparently on one episode Doctor Draken created this whole army of plant stick plants that would uh, do his bidding. So that's kind of the tie-in there. Uh, okay, yeah, the Doctor Dragon makes is, sense. He is a big-time yeah. Kim Possible fan. But he's a bad yeah. guy. Groot loves people. Well, yeah, but, you know. It hey, works. Whatever. Everyone's got their own little perspective on it. Hey, don't uh, with that. Have fun with it. Mm-hmm. And for Wonder Woman, uh, when we went to Justice League, he chose Rapunzel. So I thought was actually a pretty good uh, one. And Batman, and I don't know who this is, but Run Stoppable. Run that's, Stoppable? That's Kim Possible's doofus well, brother. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, dude, you're really shoehorning in the Kim Possible at this yeah, point. So, thank you, Aaron, for being a big Kim Possible fan. Yes. He did, he did say later in the comments his, his daughter is a huge Kim Possible fan. Okay. Oh, oh, here it is. Sure, buddy, season, put it on your daughter. In the series finale episode, Dr. Draken breeds killer plants to attack graduation. So that's that's the tie-in there. So anyway, but hey, thanks for the participation and uh, some interesting perspective there on that exercise. Absolutely. And if any of you guys uh, have listened to that episode and you played along, uh, please send us uh, your picks. We'd like to hear what you came up with for the Disney Marvel mashup. Who's next? Next up in guest services, we are joined by a guest. Say hello, Chris. Christopher Sullivan. How you doing, man? I'm good. How are you? I'm, I'm doing wonderful. We're having a, a good evening over here. Uh, we just decided to go ahead and randomly call a listener. And so we called him up <laughs> at midnight and woke him out of bed and asked him to please get on the podcast with us and talk to us about Disney because we're rabid fans and we want to we wanna converse. So um, tell us a little about yourself. Where are you from? Oh, I'm from Phoenix, Arizona. So it's, it's not that late out here. No, it's not. <laughs> what, what time is it over there? Uh, it's only 9.50. 9.50? Oh, wow. We oh. should be going to bed. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> All right. Well, look, man, we, we brought you in in the middle of guest services. Uh, I, I heard you've been con- you've been going back and forth with, with Lee, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've been texting about uh, a couple of things going on with the Disneyland side. Okay, sweet. Well, look, we um, we might be in the, in the need for a Price is Right contestant. You want to play? Hey, yeah, I'd, I'd be in for it. Okay, well, we, we're going to spam. There you go. There's your third because... <laughs> Lee thought we only had two. I thought we had three, but Lee thinks we only had two. So why don't you take over that role, and then the next time we do The Price is Right, we'll contact you, and you can play along with our other two that we already have set up to go. Um, I do have to check in with... um, I'm lost in thought again. Never mind. That's dangerous. That's later. I, I shouldn't do that. that See, here's the thing, Chris. You'll never listen to this show the same way again because it sounds really (laughs) like, like professional when you hear it, but there's a lot of bullshit that you don't hear. <laughs> <That's actually true. laughs> it's you... cut out. That's right. Are you okay with cursing and everything? Or are we going to say uh, anything? Just fine. No uh, problem. Okay, sweet. All right. Uh, just just want to be sure about that. That's right. You took this man behind the curtain, essentially. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Right. We broke down the fourth wall. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it did. Wasn't much of a wall. More like a plywood. <laughs> um, like stucco or something. Yeah. Chain, it's more like a chain link fence. All right, so, uh, Miss, uh, sorry. You know what it is? You, you, know, you know what it is, Chris? Is that 
And, and I'm going to embarrass Lee here a bit. Uh, Lee, Lee thought he was talking to somebody else. <laughs> yeah. Lee thought. Well, you were... I forgot. I forgot who whose code name was whose. Yeah. So Lee thought he was talking to Mr. Anonymous, and I said, "Like, oh, what a coincidence! We're about ready to do a segment about Mr. Anonymous. Have him on. Let's talk to him." So I keep wanting to introduce you as Mr. Anonymous. Uh, so sorry about that. Oh, no bro. <laughs> All right. Is yep. yep I need yep, a code yep. name. Kevin wrote down Mr. Sullivan to be said in my Matrix voice. Yeah, you're you're supposed to be Mr. Sullivan. <laughs> we'll let Kevin handle that. Um, hey. But uh, let's see. All right, Mr. Sullivan is on the line here to announce himself as the third contestant on The Price is Right. So when we do that contest, which should be coming up shortly because, quite frankly, we're running out of material, uh, we will let him know and we'll get, uh, I believe, also Listener X and um, Fish on Woo. And if I miss somebody else, then we'll do a four-way show in some kind of a manner and really test the limits of Skype. Um, but, yes, that's what he's here to do is to announce his contestancy. Is contestancy a word? It is now. <laughs> okay. Is it to announce himself as a contestant on The Price is Right? So thank you, Mr. Sullivan, for coming aboard. Hey, no problem. It's some tough competition there, though. I am the defending yeah. champion. I, I, I will admit. I don't know how I won I, that. I don't know how you won that either because that was like I had that. You were you were absolutely you were doing good on that. And I knew about eating. I, I got involved in the showcase showdown, and that's one thing I know is paying for it. Like I don't, <laughs> I don't pay. I'm on the dining plan. I don't pay attention to all the little things I spend because I, that means nothing to me. It's credits. It's not money. It's credits. But when you say how much did that trip cost, I, I'm pretty good at that. Yeah, that was though. No, that was good. That's you know, I just remember eating a lot, so that's why I was all that. I stuck to my strengths. Who's next? Lee, where were you last episode? Or should, or is it okay for you to tell us yet? No, I don't think so. We need to hear from the uh, from the Moicans out there. Let, give us your guesses. Where was I last week? If you've listened to last week's episode, I was definitely not in Texas. Um, I was very far away from Texas in another time zone, in fact. So if you know where I was last week, uh, write in, call in, Skype in, smoke signal, whatever you need to do to let us know. <laughs> Speak pipe. Uh, let us know uh, where I was, and I will send you a couple little small prizes and a postcard from my destination from last week. So, oh, nice. again, a little, yeah, hey, I picked up an extra postcard just to just for the winner of this contest. So, feel free to join in uh, the conversation, and uh, we'll give it uh, this week and see uh, how many people guess it right, and we'll pick a winner from those people that do get the correct answer. Nice. Who's next? And finally, on guest services, uh, we had talked last week about who would take over Kevin's job. That's the new contest that Danny uh, initiated, and it looks like the just for the week. Uh, last week, what? No, I said just for the week. Oh, just for the week. Yeah, I'm not. Sorry. I'm not trying to push uh, him out. Just for the week. You think I want to do yeah. this? <laughs> and uh, as uh, fate would have it, Mr. Fishon Wu tweeted out um, as president of the Moicans. I nominate Mr. Anonymous to host the show in Kevin's absence. He is a consummate professional, which is true. Uh, so the leaders of Moican Nation recognize the nomination of Honorable President of the Moicans <laughs> from the Honorable President of the Moicans. And uh, yes, Mr. Anonymous, you are definitely uh, on the has been thrown down. We want to know if you will accept the challenge. So let us know if you're ready to fill in Kevin's size 14's shoes. Kevin's shoes are hard to fill. 
Seriously, he's Filipino. You seen those big Simone feet he has? It's crazy. <laughs> Size six and a half wide. <laughs> Some hairy toes, too. All right. Um, <laughs> all right, guys. So moving on from Kevin's big Filipino feet, let's head over to the hub. All right, guys, we've got ourselves what I think is going to be a great hub topic. Based upon a lot of the problems that, that had Lee going a little crazy this past week, uh, and this was something that kind of occurred to me a, a while ago. I, I, I was kind of curious. Is Disney bulletproof? Is there anything that they could do to screw this whole thing up? I mean, they are the recognized leader in theme park entertainment, children's entertainment, if you would. Um you turn to Disney for quality. That's what they're known for. That's what they're recognized for. But you do see a lot of things. You've been seeing a lot of screw-ups lately that have affected the guest experience. And whereas you always felt like you got more than your money's worth from Disney, now it kind of feels like you're paying a premium and you better get great service. And that doesn't always happen. With all the new requirements, all the different things that you have to do now in order to book a vacation, uh, the loss of spontaneity on a trip, everything's rigidly planned. Um, I'm wondering, is, is there anything Disney can do to screw up the good thing that they've got going? Or by virtue of who they are and what they are, it would require a substantial screw up beyond what anybody would reasonably think them to do in order to lose their status. Uh, what do y'all think? Well, you know, I want to start the conversation by saying this. Uh, you know, this is not, in my, in my opinion, this is not going to be us, you know, having an hour-long conversation talking about how bad Disney is and, uh, you know, trashing the company. But I think that, you know, all of us here, of course, you know, we're enthusiasts. We're not the, uh, the one-time fan that goes once or maybe, you know, twice in their lifetime type of deal. I mean, we really have a passion for the the company, the brand. And uh, so I think that, you know, we have a different perspective than person that's a maybe going for the first time or, you know, has gone once and won't go back again. That being said, Disney is such a part of the, the fabric of America. I, I, it would, I, my initial thought is it would take something monumental for them to really screw this up because even the, the super fans that we are, I think we're still a minority of the people that visit the parks day in and day out and day in and day out. You know, we will probably go back more often than the average person, but there's more average people that will go than us, if, that's, if that makes sense. Um, so basically, the, the people that don't know any better won't know any better. So let me ask you this. If Robert Iger got caught in a sex trafficking scandal with young boys coming out of Indonesia, would it stop you from going to Disney World? <laughs> That's a tough call, man. I mean, <laughs> it, it wouldn't stop me. I, I, I know. I mean, it's uh, it's still Disney. I hope they yeah. don't build a park in Indonesia. That's <laughs> what I'm. I'm trying to think of something that that would do it. And and really, Disney is bigger than one person. Even if the the figurehead of that company screwed up, he would be gone, fired, done with. Would that, would everyone just say, "Oh, I can't believe that. I'm canceling my vacation." Yeah, one, probably not. One guy doesn't stop a show like that. I mean, if you're talking about how to actually deconstruct it, and they would never do this, of course, but they'd have to do something that would offend the kids. Because if you offend <laughs> the kids, then the parents would be like, "No, we're not going there." Then that's it. I mean, the key to Disney's success is that 
it affects everybody from when they were young moving forward. And then they become adults and they can afford to go and they get to make their own decisions. And by the way, we here at the Magic Our Way podcast have no knowledge as to whether or not Robert Iger likes young boys. <laughs> I, I would I would I would tend to think that he does not. Well, I mean he did bring back Captain Neo, so Ooh. Oh. Ooh. maybe Maybe something subliminal going on there. Yeah, but Macaulay Culkin is really old right now. So um, <laughs> I tend to think that they are bulletproof. I don't think that there's one thing that they could do to screw everything up. I just don't think that there is. My way of approaching it is, what do I think that they've screwed up? I think that they've allowed Future World and Epcot to go to hell. I don't think Future World and Epcot makes any sense whatsoever. They allowed an entire theme park in Hollywood Studios to go to hell for the longest time. Only now are they finally just getting around to fixing it. So between that and Avatar Land, which I'm not really... Avatar Land. What do you mean, blue people? <laughs> of all the properties that you could purchase to make a theme park land out of, really, Avatar Land? I mean, I, I would have rather them just go forward with Beastly Kingdom. So I'm not a huge fan of that. I'm sure, look, I'm sure they'll do it great. I'm sure it's going to be beautiful. I'm sure it's going to be wonderful. I just, of all the, I can't imagine people are like, man, if I could only meet the blue people from Avatar. God, if, if only I could get a picture with a half-naked blue person that's about eight feet tall. I would, yeah. My life would be complete. Um, there's that, I, you know, um, I gotta say, I gotta say this. I mean, um, sure. I've been to, to Disney, you know, a few times in my, in my life in various lifetimes, if you will, you know, from being a you know little kid to a teen to an adult. So the one thing I didn't miss was uh pleasure Island. Mm -hmm. I, I won't go into the exact story. You know, the story, mm -hmm. but, um, <sighs> The, the 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 one thing that would that that gets me in a sense is that it's a, it's a it's a good park so you bring your kids and you can have that family moment but pleasure island was was good because you know if you are somebody that says hey look i want to go ahead and you know have a little doll fun with you know the girlfriend or the wife you know go out to a club or something like that that was really a good place to kind of let that aspect of uh, yourself out as an uh, you know as an adult in Disney World, and uh, I was kind of sad actually that that was uh, taken away. I, I agree. I think it kind of made it to where, to me, Downtown Disney is no longer a must do. It, it's more um, more shops, but I mean, really, all the merchandise is kind of homogenized. There's nothing Disney related. If you're going shopping, like you know, a lot of the stores they opened up over there, like the Art of Shaving. I mean, really, I'm going on vacation to go visit that. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I want Disney merchandise. So, I mean, if there's not anything unique to downtown Disney that, yeah, I couldn't find in the parks, I'm not going there. I'm not going for the restaurants because most of those restaurants are chain restaurants that are, are, that are done and operated by other businesses and not by Disney. So, yeah, I'm with you on that. Pleasure Island kind of, when they took that away, it kind of killed the enjoyment of going to downtown Disney for me. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, me too, though. Here's, a, here's the other thing, right? The park is huge. I mean, it's extremely huge, meaning most people are pretty exhausted that they can't see the whole park in one day. Why don't they have, like, some sort of, uh, like, a treadmill or something? You know, remember, like, the Jetsons? Remember when George Jetson, you go to work, and he, like, just jump on a little treadmill, and he just, like, just, you know, right out to work or something? Why don't they build that? I'm not worried about seeing blue people. Put the treadmill so I can just stand there and be like, oh, that's a cool park. Oh, that's Epcot. Hey, kid, let's just jump off the treadmill 
You know, I got some energy now. I didn't have to walk 20 miles to get there. Let's check this out. So you, wait, know? you got a virtual reality ride that puts you on a treadmill where you still walk? No, in other words, the treadmill, the treadmill takes you, you know, it's almost like the, like the monorail in a sense, where you just have like this treadmill, you know what I mean? It just takes you through the park, I would say. And then if you like a part, you just step off the treadmill. But when, you know, when I went to Disney World, I was exhausted. I mean, I loved the park and like I'd go on all the rides, but it was like, oh man, I'd, I'd hit you know, a, a few different rides and the park is just, again, so big that I would just be tired. I see where you're going with this. You want transporters. Yeah, something, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, if again, if you, you want to say, hey, here's, a, here's another attraction, here's something else, you got all this land, I get it. You, no, yeah, you know, I, I well, do too. There, you know, you, all this increased technology with FastPass Plus, RFID chips, um, transporters that's what we want next right right, right. we okay. got talking candlesticks we can't have a little transporter something that takes <laughs> us to the park you know I mean, yeah walking through so, it i mean that's good yeah there, there's something that would destroy disney if if uh <laughs> if they transported somebody wrong and, <laughs> and they turned it into the fly <laughs> that could probably destroy disney but but uh, you know on a, on a more serious note i mean you, you think about really um the things that that are not there anymore like the enjoyment of downtown Disney, um, like a lot of the uh, attractions that we miss. I mean, of course, new things come along, and that kind of replaces what goes away. Mm -hmm. um, but if, when it's something that goes away that really enhances the guest experience, you know, that's it's it's like this, man. You spend a lot of money. If they're going to take stuff away from that, and you're spending the same money, then that's going to make you not want to come back. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, the the prices are raised every year on tickets and eventually we're going to have to talk about the free dining and I don't want to, maybe we don't need to talk about it all right now, but if you think about the promotion this year compared to even last year, it's for less days and you have to buy more. You have, to, it's always been, you can't get a, a discount on the room. Okay. That's understandable. You get free food, free dining, but you're going to pay full price for the room. Smart people will do the math and figure out which one's better. Mm -hmm. But most people will just say, Oh, that's free. I'll take that. So that's fine. You know, if that's if that's their hook, that's fine. The problem, though, is now this year you've got free dining, but you also have to buy a certain amount of tickets. You have to stay a certain amount of days and you have to do park hoppers or water parks. Mm -hmm. Last year, you couldn't you didn't have to do that. You just had to have your tickets. So you got to buy more to get that free dining. OK, so well, to me, again, you're you're asking for more money, but not giving more. What am I getting out of it? You're making me buy something I don't even want. It's a park hopper, which whole different conversation we've had before. You're getting it's getting to the point where you don't even much need the park hopper now because you have to plan your day out so much. And you got okay, well we got this restaurant ADR, and we got this fast pass at, at ten o'clock, and we got this fast pass at twelve o'clock, and we got this fast pass at three o'clock. You don't really quote. I used to always need the park hopper, but. I, the more I'm doing and the more I'm planning for people, it's it's not a need anymore. It is kind of a luxury if you want to, you know, do a couple of parks in one day. But do you think they it's might not have really? You don't really need it like you used to. Yeah, it is a requirement to get well, free dining. This do you think year, they so. might have required it because they saw a, a dip in the amount of um, park hoppers they were getting with with uh, Pass That's exactly that's exactly what I said a few episodes back. I bet you that it's affecting this this the whole fast pass system and having to plan these fast passes out. Is probably making people buy the park hopper less because they've already got their whole day planned out. It's right here. Well, we can't even go anywhere else. We've already got you know eight things to do today. 
Right. And I think that's, yeah, that's, I I referred to that in that earlier episode. That's their own fault that they're actively discouraging park hopping because you can't go and and split your fast passes. Uh, Once it's gone, it's gone. So they are actively discouraging park hopping. So maybe this is their way of getting that money back. Let me ask you this. Do y'all, do y'all buy? Okay. So, but then you're paying for something that you don't even get to use. They don't care. They get the money. (laughs) <laughs> very valid point that's what i'm saying so do y'all buy into into the conspiracy theory we've all heard it uh, uh, I'm, I'm assuming uh that disney is actively discouraging people from going with free dining do y'all buy into that uh can i say this sure um this is i i would i would agree with the conspiracy theory because i am I, I do like conspiracy theories yeah but you're very conspiracy i am i'm all about that you know grassy knoll all that uh <laughs> They could have made a better website so it wouldn't crash or, you know, they could have hired more people to answer the phones, right? If you calling in about getting the free dining plan, mm-hmm. I, w- I would think. For this sense, it, it doesn't work. So if they did something like this consistently, you may have a sense of decline. But let's face it, once you actually get to the park, all of that is just gone. All of that is erased. You know, I agree with that because, it, it, and that's, you know, with Disney, they they can maybe do one thing wrong, but like Eli said, once you get in the park, there's three things they do right that erase your memory about that one thing they did wrong. Yep. Yeah, I, and, and you know, that's just a testament, though, to the cast members and to the actual front line uh, of Disney. Um, oh, yeah. You know, and, and so... This discussion in some podcasts and some circles has gone is more of the upper management, the people that you don't see um, mm-hmm. and their plans and their uh, motivations. So to answer your question, Danny, I, I know I don't know that I'm, I'm full blown that they want to. I, I don't I do think they probably do want to do away with free dining. If this is the way they're going to do it, this is a terrible way to do it, to make a promotion so bad that people would not want it anymore but you know the whole point of free dining is to get more people in the, in the parks during the slow times i mean there's no there's a reason why they don't do it in the middle of the summer they don't need to so maybe they're trying to transition to something else but god that just does that just seems like a really bad move like why would you shoot yourself in the foot that bad i gotta admit i, I don't go ahead i'm sorry chris go ahead no, i was saying with lee with you booking you know, as many vacations as you see, I mean, what we're seeing when we go to the parks is that they, there's no longer a slow time. There's a slower time, mm-hmm. but there's no longer this dead season that there used to be where they'd have to, you know, entice people to come into the park. Now, you know, they're trying to beat them off with a stick. Amen. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. I, I said that before, you know, it's, it's not, there's not a slow time in you know, a slower time. I totally agree with that. And, and I, I think that shows if you look at, if you just look at the dates that were, were available, Pretty much September. If you didn't want to go in September, you're almost out of luck. And what is the slowest month? Uh, probably September, it seems to me. Um, you know, August 28th through October 2nd, that's the longest run for this dining, for the free dining plan. Everything else is two weeks long, once a month. So obviously September, I mean, if that's what they're going to do, then just call it September. You know, let's, let's run a September promotion. Yeah, that makes more sense. I mean, why even throw out something that would entice people to go to your site and then shut it down on them? That doesn't make any sense to me. Well, I, I think that you're underestimating the breakdown that comes with these bureaucracies 
that are in place to handle th- where the left hand and the right hand have no clue what each other are doing. And I, I think that's probably a little bit more accurate a, a, of an assessment is that you don't have somebody that oversees the entire operation of this. I, I think that you have a lot of miscommunication uh, that comes as the chain of command moves downward. That would be my guess as to why it's happening. You know what, though? You, you mentioned a thing about the left hand not knowing what the right hand is doing. Mm-hmm. You're right, but they do know one thing. The left hand and the right hand, they got a piece of bread in between the two of them, and they're breaking it. It's just a matter of which one has the bigger portion. All right. But, I mean, I also don't think you get anywhere by ticking off your customers. Because if there's one thing that people who go to Disney know is that if you go in and complain, they'll give you stuff. Yeah. I mean, in the end, this does come back to bite them because they will end up having to pay out something when people go to guest services and complain. Now, over the phone, you're not in such an advantageous position. But if you're already going into the theme parks mad because your Disney vacation has been stressful and you haven't even stepped foot into a packed park yet, you're going to do a lot towards ticking off your fan base and alienating them. And I don't know... Again, that's the point of this discussion. I don't know that you can alienate them because Disney feels a need that nobody else fills. And that's really what the discussion is about. Yeah. Is all this going to be enough to alienate people? I don't think so. I mean, I just don't think there's an alternative for people. I, you know, like Universal's coming on. Um, they've got the tween market pretty much wrapped up, I would, I would think. Where Disney gets Universal every time is on the younger kids, the whole princess angle. You know, if Universal could stop wrapping up some more um, properties more geared toward kids, I mean, they got Shrek, but Shrek kind of has run its course. They got The Simpsons. That's kind of run its course. They're, they're, they're with the, the Minion Mayhem. They've got that, so that's nice. And they even have some of the Nick characters, the Nickelodeon characters, like Dora the Explorer and whatnot. She's been around forever. She's kind of run her course as well, I would think. I mean, they actually now have old Dora. I don't know if you've seen this. Old Dora. Yeah, Dora is now, there's no more map. There's no more boots. She's got, like, a cell phone. It's (laughs) the monkeys, like, now a gorilla. She's got got an Instagram account. Yes. (laughs) She's sexting. Um, (laughs) Hashtag love me, Dora. So, So, yeah, I mean, (laughs) they do have properties. You know, if if they could really invest in it. and, And, again, and that's, I think this is where Disney beats up on Universal all day is because... Universal doesn't have that immersive experience when you go there. It's like you're on a studio and you go to attractions that are immersive, but you don't go into lands. Like you don't walk into what you feel is a kingdom. You yeah. don't walk into what you feel is the future. Or um, there's nothing really interactive about it. I mean, you know, but when I went with y'all back in the day and I had my daughter, I mean, she was like six. Uh huh. Um, and when we went to Disney World, that was all day. I mean, you know, you, yeah. you had the rides and everything like that. But you also had that uh, that Princess Day. Remember mm-hmm. that? Uh, boutique. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. And, and then, like, you know, that's the, now she's embarrassed to see that picture now. I mean, she's a teenager now. But, I mean, that's still something that is ingrained in her memory. But when we went to Universal, as a teenager right now, she cannot tell you anything about Universal. Because, like, when we went... She was too small to get on a ride. There mm-hmm. was no characters to be like, hey, little girl, would you like to take a picture with me? And, you know, 
how's magic? You want to dress up? They, there was nothing that really engaged the children. I would like to see them do something like that. And you know, like with the horror nights that they do for Halloween, you know what I'd like to see them put over there? What property I think would, would work well for kids that would actually help with the horror nights as well when they transition over to that, because that's a big thing for them, is uh, Hotel Transylvania. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, if you, if you do like a nice little land based upon that, do the castle, do like a little dark ride, because they don't have, you know, a traditional like haunted house ride over there. Mm -hmm. Bring those characters into the park and, and, and start shoring up that younger child market. I mean, again, you're not going to compete with princesses. I mean, they, I just don't know how you have that. No, every every girl is a princess. Exactly. I mean, I, I swore to God that my, my daughter would not go that route and... Damn society, because they took her there. <laughs> you can't, you can't stop. <laughs> you, you're right. I got a few dates that way, so you know, I, I, with adult women. No, by the way, that, I, I, but no, you're you're exactly right. Eli. that's that was what I was talking about. With you know, it's it's ingrained in our DNA. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, everyone knows who Disney is. Everyone knows who Mickey Mouse is. Everyone knows who the princesses are. So, yeah, I mean, to to bring it back to you know what we were talking about, it, it's it would be hard to just destroy all that. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, again, there is a lot of things that they're not careful you know that is gonna i'm not gonna say alienate but it's gonna really make people think like hey where are you guys at like the whole technology thing i mean could down the line come back to hurt them you know if you don't stay up with technology and you don't interact engage you know that 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 consumer because that's really if you think about it it's all everything's about technology right now they're so behind on technology that it's it's and i don't mean attraction technology i just mean the yeah, social media things, and, yeah. and, and things of that nature. I don't know. I mean, it, it, it is interesting that I always say this, man. It's, a, it's such a, a billion-dollar company, but you can't get the, the freaking website to, to stay on for five minutes. Well, that's what I was yeah. going to ask you. You were saying they're so behind in technology. I would say they're so dependent upon new technology that's imperfect that, I mean, you know, all the stuff with Magic Pants, like when the, when the system goes down, like when, when uh, Fish Punch Sean Wu was uh, tweeting us about it, when the system went down, I mean, it's, it's anarchy over there. You know? Oh no, that's that is true. That is true. There's a lot of technology that they they're implementing that is not perfect yet. Right. Uh, yeah. So I mean, yeah. So that that's a good point too. But it, I, I mean, I'm just saying, like, you know, you try to go on and and book, you know, a fast pass, Danny, uh, and what happens? You, you you think you have it for all all members of your party, and then the next morning you wake up and it's only for two people. Mm. <laughs> you know, things like that. So again, you know, it's like you're a billion dollar company. And you can't get your a website to run to run correctly. Well, and not only that, I mean, the, the learning curve of the people who are there to help you. I mean, because they have to figure out this technology. So now you have to have, like, you can have these these geniuses come in with this RFID technology and these um, the robot dog that runs around. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I was gonna say, and then you call up over there, and you, and you swear to God that the people answering your phone calls. Like they must have gone to a garage sale and gotten like a couple of Teddy Ruxpins and a Furby <laughs> <laughs> to to help with your customer service because they don't know what they're doing and they keep disconnecting you. But it's it's also part of the learning curve as your average customer service representatives learn the technology behind what they're doing to be able to assist you. I think the problem is, like you said, they're having trouble keeping up with the technology because the technology is moving so fast and they're trying to put things out so quickly. And if they don't put it out right now, if they wait a couple of months, it's going to be obsolete. So, I mean, they're going to make mistakes, and the only way they're going to be able to find out if it works is actually throw it out there mm, and, and, and that's very true. test it on the public. And, I mean, they, 
they can only test it so much in the with a control group before they got to put it out there and and let the uh, bugs start happening. Right. See, that's yeah, a good, that's and a good point. unfortunately, you're testing you're testing on someone that just spent six five or six thousand dollars to be there yeah Yeah, but see that's that's where you you, that's where you're gonna you know really upset your guests but but he's but he's right because um any uh it guy would know that you know you definitely have to put something like this in a testing environment before you could bring it out to the public and i don't know what their setup is out there to where you know you put out an advertisement and then like everybody wants to go ahead and jump on it and then, you know, the phone hangs up on the website, shuts down, and it almost sounds like, you know, the affordable healthcare website to me. <laughs> but uh, the, the thing is, is that technologically speaking, yeah, it's just a matter of having a bunch of servers, really, that can push, I don't want to use all the technical terms, but, you know, that much uh, bandwidth, right? So if you have, like, uh, a server, a backup server, another server, then you should be good. But if for these guys to have it shut down, I don't know where they had it at, but they should be able to have 20 different locations with 20 different servers with a very high, you know, bandwidth going in and out between the servers so that nobody has to not only suffer lag time, but to be, you know, shut out as well. Well, you know, but here's the thing, and, and this is what I think a, a couple of people have missed when they, they, they kind of raise this as being a conspiracy, is that... They're putting it past Disney to to do it on the cheap, and there's no reason for Disney to do it on the cheap. But think about it: you're talking about a company that invested millions, millions of dollars while their theme parks faltered, while while Hollywood Studios went to hell, while Future World has become disjointed. They spent millions of dollars to know where you're at at all points in time, so they know how to staff to the person, so that way they're, they're not paying people to sit around. When there's not a whole lot of traffic going to that side of the park. Yeah, so I, I believe that they're trying to be economical about it. If they're willing to go out of their way to spend this kind of money to invest in RFID technology so they know where we're at, so they can properly staff their park, so they're not overspending on salary, it shows that they have an eye towards a more economical approach to, to having a theme park. So is it beyond the realm of possibility that they're just doing things to save money, to save their jobs, to show, look at how much money our department saved this year, as opposed to investing back into it. That makes sense. You remember there was that uh, court case they had in Orlando about the three Disney workers that were going to One do, like, built his house of straw, the other of brick. The other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, I heard no, that. I was thinking of the one that had, they, they told him to do the Lion King concert, and one had dirty draws and one had like extremely dirty draws and the other one had really sully dirty draws and they were like we're not gonna we're not gonna put this on and uh, they got fired because of it and then you know they won a court case to get their jobs back although i don't know why you want to get your job back when your comp- your boss told you to wear some dirty draws but if you got somebody that says hey look i don't want to wear dirty draws but i'll go to court so i could go and work for you so i could wear clean draws that's a pretty good testament to the power of imagination and, and for the record guys eli knows that they don't allow the performers to share the same drawers <laughs> <laughs> i just read that. i mean i read it was so well it's the costumes yeah, yeah. The co- but, i'm sorry the I, I costumes think, oh no I I, yeah. I I assume that you that's what you mean you were yeah being funny. Ab- no absolutely but that's crazy right well, well look, 
Let me ask you all y'all this, because we've all been there when they've done extra magic hours, I'm assuming, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Is the park magical then? Oh, when it's you magical in the fact that you can get things done and not be on top of everybody. Right, but they've, they've shut down but a lot it's of not, the... A, yeah, you can't get anything to eat. You can't... Uh, you know, <laughs> you can't get a you can't get a whip. You can't get a Mickey bar. Thank you. you no turkey leg. That's exactly yeah. where I'm going. So again, you see signs of them doing taking the more economical approach. Where again, we're going to give you this little extra bonus. But when you get there and you do it, I mean, you're still getting to ride the rides. But there's a there's a definite feeling of this isn't quite the same experience. For some reason, I'm not enjoying this as much. Well, could I could I ask you this? Are you guys all of this, uh, without you know going through a lot of detail? Uh, do you think that since Disney diversifies all of their different uh, resources, you know, movies, television, whatnot, that the parks are suffering because of that, and that what you're seeing here with this uh, dining plan incident is like a, a small, although big to the consumer, but you know, a small inkling of what you know you could see uh, happening down the line well you know that's interesting you said that because that was brought up in another podcast that was they're relying on the parks now to make up for their their shortfalls in maybe the movie division or whatever division uh if you know if the movies aren't doing as good but the parks are still doing good you know so they really rely on the parks to make the money so they've got to really squeeze every penny they can out of the parks mm -hmm. where are they so, where are they losing money in the movies because I, mean, hey, I don't know that they are i'm just saying that was what well, was brought money, up the money is being used to make the movies and they haven't come out yet well but what i, what I would say is that one of the reasons i wrote down why disney won't fail what why they are bulletproof is john lasseter because that man oh, yeah. Has, yeah oh well he has provided them with so many, I mean, just an influx of characters. There's so many now that when you go to Disney, I mean, a lot of the older characters that, like, you know, you got your pictures taken with when you were a kid, you, they've all been phased out because they got to make room for the, for the, you know, the Buzz Lightyear's, the Woody's. Mr. Incredible. Mr. Incredible. Uh, Wally. Wally. Well, Wally's out there? I don't know. I'm just, you know, <laughs> I, I felt the Pixar vibe. I just went with it. The Anna's and Elsa's. But, okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was say, point being that I don't know that their film division is. I think their film film division is is pretty spotless as you go because now you have all this, the Marvel movies that are coming out. I mean, when have they? I haven't seen the screw up since John Carter from Mars, and I think they've. Yeah, that was cool though. He jumped on that big monster thing. That was pretty awesome. But I watched it on TBS. <laughs> I didn't pay to see that. I, I, I gotta admit that. I haven't seen it. I have not seen it. Chris, have you seen John Carter from Mars? I, I've tried to avoid that thing like the plague. I mean, it's just, I mean, and that's, I think that's, that was sort of like the, the last uh, act of that, the guy who was heading up the movie division. He got canned right after that came out. I yeah, it was just that. so horrible. And that's not even a Marvel property. It's not. Yeah, it's, it, it's not. Now, I, just thinking, like when you, when you said all of this, I mean, maybe they're stretching themselves out too thin. I mean, that's a lot of money to invest in taking licenses from, like, Marvel to buy from, like you said, Universal, mm -hmm. Sony. I mean, that's that's a lot of resources, and you're basically taking a gamble, you know? So I guess the real question is, is that the people that are really behind the machine, if they care more about making the dollars or if they care more about 
you know, the satisfaction of their customers. Well, I think it's clear they care more about making the dollars. Yeah, but I was just throwing it out there, you guys. Yeah. And it's like every other company out there. Yeah, that yeah. yeah. Trying you know. to squeeze the most you know, out, output that they can out of the least amount of people. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you can't fault them for that because that's what a business has to do to stay alive. Right, that's but how you eat. You figured they'd be a little bit different than every other business out there, and I think for the most part, you know, that they try to be. I agree, and, and and I do think that they, for the most part, succeed uh, when you're within the park itself. When you come to it, a lot of the managerial decisions that go into shaping what happens with those parks, that's where I think they kind of fall short. But again, I, I think you're dealing with people who are in different departments that are looking to show that their department made a profit that they cut costs, and, and I think that's where a lot of these breakdowns come from. What is do you because, mean, blue people? Yeah, it's because <laughs> these corporations, which called the Disney Corporation by itself is making a lot of money, but I'd, I'd like to know what a couple of these customer service representatives are getting paid. No, absolutely. Yeah. That's the thing about big companies, man. They have no problem restructuring. You know what? Really, you know, really quick, the movie company that I worked for mm-hmm. back in the day, mm-hmm. they had a restructuring um, guru come in. And do you know that Disney actually has like a a brochure that they give to businesses on how to restructure your company? So, you know, they have no problem with, you know, figuring out how to keep innovating and how to keep moving, but it could be at the expense of, of, you know, of workers and such. Yeah, they just laid off the entire Disneyland ban. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, did they have clean draws or, or not? The and off kilter too. Off kilter as well. Yeah, the Dapper Dan's are pretty nervous. I'm betting. Um, <laughs> but you know, and the, look, here's the other reason though that I don't think it'll ever fail. Like again, their competition just cannot offer what they can offer because, you know, Universal for for what it is as it stands right now, as long as you're offering. The Woody Woodpecker Kid Zone for children, which how relevant really has Woody Wood? When's the last Woody Woodpecker thing that y'all come across? It's on Netflix. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. I mean, as long as they're offering that, I mean, you're still dealing with a two-day park, whereas Disney is still a vacation destination that you could literally stay there for an entire week. They got two water parks. They got four theme parks. They got twenty-something hotels. Live I mean, animals in your backyard in one resort. Exactly. Like, you got the whole downtown Disney property, if you feel like it. I mean, granted, it's not what it used to be. It's it, not Pleasure Island. It oh, is It man. is not. It is not. That's not right. But again, that uh, my understanding from that was that lawyers were getting nervous about people going there and drinking and driving home. Well, I mean, you know, you, <laughs> you know, look, I, I just want to say that was I, that's one of the best times I had when I went, like, as an adult. The person who finances the business, I should be entertained, and I was entertained when they had Pleasure Island. But mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm sorry to see it go, cause man, that was cool. Two girls on the bus were like, "Hey, you want to go to Pleasure?" I'm like, "Yeah, why not?" You don't get that when you go to Epcot. You know, nobody sees you on the ride like, "Hey, you want to?" <laughs> you want to yeah. go to Maelstrom? Yeah, you don't get that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, you, can't but, even, you can't even get bus drivers that talk anymore. <laughs> yeah, but they, but you know what? I, I'll finish it off with this, though. Again, all that's to say that it really doesn't beat the magic you feel when you go in there. And they, they, they may be stretching themselves thin, in my opinion. I don't know what goes on in upper management, but I'm sure it's cold. But it doesn't change the fact that when you go there, 
you'll never see any other place like that on earth. So they own that. And that's really hard to, uh, to dismantle. That's very hard to, you know, discredit. And, um, yeah, I pass all that. I, I, I would still say they're bulletproof, really bulletproof, like, you know, four times Kevlar bulletproof. Oh, yeah. Now, I, are, are they nuclear bomb proof? <laughs> you know, uh, I would love to see the nuclear option. I'd love to see what they, they could do to really mess this up, but I just don't see it. Mm. You're, you're going you're gonna to get mad about this and that and the other, but you, at the end of the day, you're going to bite your lip because your kids don't know what's going on. And you're going to take them over there and they're going to have a great time. And you'll be on your phone the entire time trying to figure out how to rearrange the fast passes so that way you can get them a second viewing of <laughs> Seven Dwarves Mind Train. So, yeah. um, but all right, guys, thoughts? Uh, I'm, I'm assuming, I mean, I don't know. Have we beaten this horse to death? Um, yeah, I mean, uh, Dead it, horse? again, final thoughts. I started out this whole conversation saying that I, I think, you know, they, they really can't screw it up. Um, and I'm sure there is a way to do it, but as you've said several times, I mean, it would have to be something on a catastrophic level. So my only hope is that they can also keep in mind that, you know, what, why they got to the success that they are now, and that is through the guest experience. And if you are going to be, you know, making it harder for guests to enjoy themselves and making them stressed out, um, then, you know, you're, you're taking away from maybe future revenue. So yeah, you can find a way to, you know, to, to find that the happy medium between what we need to do to make money and what we need to do to, to keep the guests happy as well. And the future revenue I think is pretty much guaranteed by the, the kids don't know, like I said, the kids don't know what's going on and their only memory is, is these great memories of, of going to the park with their parents. Sure. And of course they're going to bring grow, their they kids take back. Their kids, yeah. yeah. And then their kids and their kids. So I don't think it's, they're, they're, like I said, they're bulletproof as far as, the next generation that comes up is not going to remember all the stuff that went on 10, 20 years ago. It's going to be something new that they're going to be complaining about, but then they're going to forget about it in 10 or 20 years. And so yeah, on, I so mean, on. and let's be honest. I mean, even even if you've had a bad experience yourself uh, at Disney, which I'm sure we've all gotten maybe a, you know, a cast member that wasn't as enjoyable as another or whatever. Maybe we had this or that happen. Um, that's not what you remember when you get back home. Right. Oh, no. Yeah, absolutely. I was going to add that as well. The adults forget as well. You get home, you look at the pictures, and you can't wait to go back. And you know, yep. the mind has a funny way of, of, of trimming out the bad and, and just focusing on the good. And like I said, once you get in the parks, you have so many people that are willing to bend over backwards to help, to, to help please you that uh, a lot of the problems that you run through just to get there – and, and I don't know how comfortable you are talking about this, Lee, but I mean, one of your theories was that, you know, Disney was kind of making travel agents look bad with this this whole thing. I think they've made it. I, I, I well, I, mean, I would call it theory. I don't. I don't think they did it on purpose. But well, you but know, I mean, when when you have someone that you've been telling because free dining's coming or whatever, and here's what you know, here's what happened last year. Here's what we maybe expect to happen this year, and you cannot get them that reservation now. Uh, mm -hmm. And you do look bad, you know. And, and again, I, I don't, I don't want to say it was done on purpose, uh, but it, you know, I, there we had a, you know, we definitely had a few agents uh, in our own agency that I would say, you know, had egg on their face. And now it's not over, you know. I mean, uh, I can guarantee you that in the next few days, a lot of people that had booked uh, because of free dining, things have changed since then, and they just can't go, or maybe the dates they thought they could go uh, didn't work out, or. Free dining didn't land on the dates where they could go, so things like that. So I, this thing isn't over, and there will still be some availability coming down the line. Maybe something that wasn't available this week will be available next week or two weeks from now. So uh, I don't want this to be, you know, 
think it's the end of the world type of conversation. You see, um, I would say that because it wasn't limited to travel agents. I mean, Disney has already made it to where you pretty much have to, to regiment your vacation. It has to be scheduled. It has to be um, planned out to the day and done in such a way to where your dining you know, works with where you are in the parks in those particular days. And so, because it has to be scheduled so much, they're pushing you towards travel agents. And for all those people who spent three to four hours online and, and got booted off the website, who spent their own time trying to do it, if anything, this is an advertisement for, yeah, why not have Disney pay somebody to go ahead and, and sit online and sit and hold for me? So, yeah, I would, I would definitely make that point. If, 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 if you got free dining because of a travel agent, you should thank them tremendously because it didn't come easy yeah. i will tell you, I'll tell you that it, you know there was hours and hours and hours online getting disconnected getting hung up on trying to call back trying to finagle this trying to switch a date here or there to, to make things happen so if you were a, a, one of the people that were able to get what you wanted this week you should either thank yourself or thank your travel agent because it was not easy to, to make happen this week hey idea idea for a future attraction Travel Agent Gladiator, where they let you battle over <laughs> ADRs and fast passes for our yeah, amusement. I, yeah, we've got iPads for shields. <laughs> Actually, Fast Pass makes a good Gladiator name, tell you <laughs> Turkey League. So, Eli, you said before that you, you feel like they did it on purpose. Mm. Lee, Chris, what do y'all think? Did, did they do it on purpose? Did they make the website crash on purpose, or did they? No, it, it, do you believe the conspiracy? Do you believe the conspiracy, Lee and Chris, that you heard it on Diz Unplugged? Do you believe the conspiracy that they're doing this to discourage you from going for free dining? I don't think so, but I'll just say this. They're not to the point where they don't need something. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's not free dining, but they need something to pull people in. I mean, you look at, look at where they set the promotion at from all of September. So obviously September is their sore spot, but... You know, you think about they're they're adding marathons in here. They're adding food and wine. They're adding the flower garden. Um, you know, all this stuff. So they're they're finding other ways to fill the rooms and not having to give the discount. So there could be some credibility to that. But obviously, they still need something, or they wouldn't be having this promotion come out. Yeah, I don't think they're really doing it on purpose, as as much as they're just not seeing any kind of return on investment on updating the systems or adding more employees it's not making them any more money in fact it's costing them more money and if you just leave everything as is you know mm -hmm. people are going to get yeah. mad but you know again it's not going to cost them anything yeah. like, people are still going to come people are still going to wait on hold people are still going to come to the parks and plus i do think that there's a sense to say like the people who really want the discounts i mean y'all seen it Day after Christmas, two days after Christmas, you see those long lines of people returning $10 items. It's not worth my time to stay in line for two and a half hours for $10. But there are how much you spent a lot on Christmas gifts. Right. But the truly dedicated, they'll stand in that line. <laughs> That's not going <laughs> to discourage them. You know, the people who want this, uh, I'm sorry. I mean, shoot, I I've seen the lines, man. They... they there are people, if there's a bargain, they'll clear their calendar. Yeah, everybody's got to eat. That's the bottom line. <laughs> you know, everybody's got to eat. All right. Yeah. So, uh, bottom line, okay, so Lee, Eli, they're bulletproof, right? I mean, like Lee said earlier, they have to do something that pretty much destroys the, the child's imagination to, to where the, the kid says, 
yeah, I don't want to go there. And that's that's what the strength of the uh, Kevlar, if you will, mm-hmm. is. I went with my parents when I was a kid, but like, you know, my parents weren't like, oh, yeah, we got to go again. You know, they were like, yeah, we took you and that's it. But then when <laughs> my kid, you know, was old enough, I mean, you know, she had she watched Disney Channel. You know what I'm saying? She watched other things that were Disney related. So then when the time came for us to have the vacation, she already knew who she wanted to see. She already knew she wanted to be a princess because that had already been put on the TV. Well, hell, she wanted to be Hannah Montana. She was Hannah Montana for a day, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and my kid is a, is a teenager now. And boy, can she twerk. Yeah. You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I tell her, don't put that on Instagram. I'll kill you. <laughs> you know, you ain't that bulletproof. You ain't Disney. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, she will be embarrassed by that picture, but she will still smile when she sees that picture. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's the thing. Look, I took a picture with Jasmine. My kid took a picture with Jad, Jasmine, Aladdin, and the genie. I told Aladdin and the genie, move. I'm going to take a picture with Jasmine myself, you know? <laughs> now, in other words, as an adult, that was a Disney memory for me. But my kid got to see, you know, being a, a princess or whatnot. So, yeah, they're definitely going to be bulletproof because now when my daughter has kids, hopefully when she's 30, they'll probably be like, oh, yeah, we want to go ahead and see that too because I think Disney will be around for that, that length of time. You know? Yeah. The only thing that can stop them is competition. And that, that would, that's not going to come from something that they oh, do. that'll be tough. It's going to, yeah. And that's the thing. It's like, you don't have the timeless characters mm-hmm. that you, I mean, look, you can bring in all the Transformers and the, and the, yeah, the minions and the, and the Harry Potters, Harry Potters you want. And Harry Potter to an, an extent might be somewhat timeless. I don't know. Harry Potter's going to get old at some point, but they don't have the, the army, if you will. Yes. To, to keep up with the license and, so these guys are not worried because they're bulletproof. Lee, bulletproof? I agree. Chris? I, I would say so, bulletproof. Yeah, I would say so too. Well, this has probably been the longest closing we've ever done to a topic. Oh, yeah, I thought we were just closing it out. But, uh, yeah, my bad. No, 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 no. I had no. to say that Jasmine story, though, because, oh, man. I, mm. She was a hot Jasmine. <laughs> she was. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, that music means that we've come to an end of another episode of the Magic Our Way podcast. How do y'all feel? I feel good. I'm spent. Pretty good. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I'm bulletproof. Done. I'm ready for an. I'm re- <laughs> you bulletproof? I feel bulletproof. That was, that was good. <laughs> you Damon Wayans and <laughs> what was that? Adam Sandler. Yeah, Damon Wayans and Adam Sandler bulletproof. Oh, man. <laughs> um, so, guys, look, thank y'all once again for listening. We very much appreciate it. I want to thank uh, everybody for being on the podcast. First, let's start with Chris, like Chris Mr. or Mr. Sullivan, as they call you. <laughs> Mr. Yeah, it's been, Mr. It's been Sullivan. A lot of fun. Yes. <laughs> thank you for answering the late night call. We put out the bat signal, and you did answer, sir. It was early for him, though. Do you, do you have anything that you want to promote? Oh, I got nothing to promote. 
other than uh, this podcast. Everybody should listen to it. Yeah, yeah, well, thank you very much. Eli, what yeah. do you have to say, sir? Oh, man. Well, again, thanks uh, to our guests. And like, let everybody know how much fun you had. That's very important because, you know, you need to stay on the air. And uh, I'm, again, glad to be on here to, you know, again, throw out the uh, crazy opinions that I have. And, uh, again, if you can... Check out www.ivorycomics.com because hopefully maybe Disney can take that and turn that into the theme park because that's better than blue people. <laughs> <laughs> and Lee, tell us about yourself. Yeah, uh, give me a call at uh, 832-570-5490. Get in touch with me for all your Disney travel needs. Uh, we'll do uh, possibly get you some free dining. Uh, we'll, we'll give it our best shot. I'll sit on hold for seven hours so you don't have to. Seven hours, um, but not eight, right? Maybe eight. <laughs> maybe eight. You, you Dep- might go depends that. On, depends on which, uh, which resort you're staying at. Guys, <laughs> Lee will go the full eight. <laughs> uh, uh, you can, you can uh, email me at lee at mmvagent.com. You can also uh, check me out on Facebook at uh, facebook.com slash lastovica travel, L A S T O V I C A travel. And uh, as always, uh, guys, I appreciate the support. Thanks for listening, and I'll uh, catch you next week. Thank you, Lee. All right, guys, one more time for us www.magicourway. Go see the show notes for this. Kevin's going to put them together. They magically appear. I don't touch that. There's links in there. There's info. There's all kinds of things that link back to the various things that we pull out of thin air. There's past episodes. You can communicate to us. You can leave us a message. Or if you want to, you can always go ahead and email us at our email address, magicourway at gmail.com. You can send us a SpeakPipe message at www.speakpipe.com slash magicourway. Or you can call us on our toll-free line. It's 1-844-HARAMBE. That's one 844 Harambe! Absolutely. And our social media, guys, we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on Google+, and I think we're on Instagram, so I read. Um, okay. Check us out on Lipson. You can find us at magicourway.lipson.com. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Blueberry. All right, guys, so I think that's about it. So everyone say goodbye, Eli. Have a good night, Mohicans. <laughs> Mohican. That too. Yeah. <laughs> Lee. Shark bait. Ooh, ha, ha. <laughs> Chris? Good night from the Valley of the Sun. <laughs> and good night, guys, and we'll see y'all next week. You know that joke already, right? What? The, the little kid asked the Indian chief, he's like, so how do you come up with our names? And so the Indian chief says, well, your brother, when he was born, I stepped out of the teepee. And I saw a great wolf, and that's why he is called Running Wolf. He goes, and when your sister was born, I stepped out of the teepee, and I saw an eagle in there, and that's why she's called Eagle Soaring. And why do you ask, two dogs f***ing? <laughs> <laughs>